Hello fellows! We get to talk about dynamic range in this episode, and I think dynamic range is one of the more difficult concepts to teach just because it relates more to mathematics and computer science than anything else. But essentially, back in the day in the 80s when computers were just first becoming a thing, you'd have an original computer monitor and each pixel basically was binary. It was either off or it was on. This was a monochrome screen. It was either black or it was white or it was black or it was orange or whatever. And then as the monitor technology improved, all of a sudden each individual pixel could be set to different levels. And so now this pixel might have eight different shades of gray from black through the dark gray, light gray to white. And then the next generation might have 16 shades. And then eventually we had pixels that could produce color, eight different colors, amazing. And then 16 colors and then 256 colors and blah, blah, blah. And now you know, we live in 2021 with these ultra high definition TVs that give you better resolution than real life itself. And this whole issue of how to assign a shade of color to a particular signal in the video stream or from the returning ultrasound probe is dynamic range. So let's change gears to ultrasound now. When the probe sends out a sound wave, that sound wave is going to strike various different tissues, cause reflections, and as those reflections come in, based on their timing, we know the depth, but based on their strength, we know the echogenicity of that tissue level. So for example, a sound wave striking the cortex of bone is going to reflect more sound, it's going to have a stronger echo, and that's going to be transcribed into a stronger milliamperage in the probe as that echo is received, as compared to an echo that goes out and reflects somewhere in the middle of a blood vessel and comes back at a much lower echo and milliamperage. And so what we end up with is this little database of amperages representing all the different pixels on the screens that rate from somewhere say 0% all the way up to 100% of that potential amperage strength. And we have to take this array of various different milliamperages and then translate that into various different pixel colors to represent the image on the screen. And that process is part of dynamic range. So on an ultrasound screen now, we have a black and white screen, or we're really just using the black and white scale anyway. And so we have to decide, well, how many shades of gray are we going to display? I mean, you could display 256 shades of gray, but the human eye isn't going to be able to distinguish between number 141 and number 142. We just can't do it. So that's a little bit of overkill. I don't remember exactly how many shades of gray the human eye can distinguish between, but it's a lot lower than 256. So for round numbers, let's arbitrarily say that we have a screen and we're going to allow each pixel to display somewhere between black to white on 20 different pixel shades. So you have your black, you have all of your really dark grays getting into mid-range grays, getting to light grays to white. And so if we have all of these little amperages coming back, we can take that amperage, each specific one, and we can look at it on a scale of what is the darkest, 0%, what is the brightest, 100%, and we can then assign it one of our 20 pixels. So if a particular amperage comes in at 4%, it gets assigned that number one of 20 different pixel colors. It gets assigned basically that black pixel color. If it comes back at 51%, then we assign it probably the 11th bucket of pixel shade. It's kind of something in the mid-gray range. Or if we have a return from a bone producing something in the 95th percentage of amperages, then we assign it the brightest. We give it a solid white. 
dynamic range basically allows us to change the number of buckets. So in my example before, where you have 20 buckets and where each bucket represents one pixel shade and is assigned five percentage points on that amperage scale, if you adjust the number of buckets, if you adjust the dynamic range, and now all of a sudden we have 10 buckets, now the bottom 10% will be assigned the darkest pixel, the black one, and the brightest 10% will be assigned the lightest pixel, the white. And so you end up with a more condensed number of pixel colors. Now why we would worry about this all comes down to our human perception and our ability to distinguish shades of gray with our eyes. And so by decreasing the dynamic range, we are increasing the contrast between one echo texture to the other. So for example, where I personally find this to be most helpful is when I'm scanning the leg veins to rule out a DVT. I'm up in the groin, I'm looking at the femoral vein. In someone with a lot of adipose tissue, you have all this hyperechoic tissue above the vessel, and the vessel might be quite deep in the leg. And by the time the sound waves get down into the vessel, it's coming back as a relatively hyperechoic structure, even though it is blood. And as you begin the compression process for ruling out a DVT, it becomes quite easy to lose sense of where the vessel is and where the fatty tissue adjacent to it begins. And so this is an example of where I would reduce the dynamic range. And I should point out from a hardware standpoint, your control over dynamic range depends on your machine. I'm not sure that Butterfly currently offers that user ability, but more advanced POCUS machines will give you control over your dynamic range. And if you have that, just reduce it one notch at a time and see if that's helping improve your image. So for me, I am trying to see this femoral vein deep in the groin. I've got all this hyperechoic tissue around it. By reducing the dynamic range, it means the shades of pixels that are being assigned to the various different nuances of different adipose tissue are being condensed. Basically, at some point, adipose tissue is only going to be represented by three or four or five different shades of the brighter pixels. Whereas the lower level echoes, such as the blood-filled vessel that I'm looking for, is going to be moved down on the range towards a blacker kind of appearance. And ultimately, what I care about is the contrast between the vessel and the surrounding tissue. So if I can make that vessel more prominent by eliminating the nuances in the adipose hyperechoic tissue, I can actually do my scan better. So this is what we do. We adjust the dynamic range, reduce it a little bit, we fiddle with the gain, and sometimes you'll find that you can really make that blood vessel pop. Now dynamic range can be used in any scan if your machine allows for it, but this is the overall concept of what dynamic range is. We just reduce the number of shades of pixel color that can be assigned, and therefore we're increasing the contrast between one echo texture to another echo texture to make it more visible and easier to interpret with our human eyes. There you go. That's my attempt at dynamic range. I hope that makes a little bit of sense. Catch you on the next one.